0: We have Acts uh, chapter 1 and verse 6 through 11 this morning, and I've been enjoying, just as I start into this, seeing the focus that that God has on the Spirit and and how that is the story. When, When Luke told the story in his gospel, he said, this is the story about what Jesus was beginning to do, and then, the spirit is called the spirit of Jesus and Jesus goes to heaven and his spirit comes to earth and now is able to impact all believers anywhere in the world. And so we get to see the expansion or the, the, the revelation of the kingdom of God in, in this story. So I try to keep them a little shorter, uh, but I love this. I love this story It is really is really fun. get into this so we're we're looking at acts chapter 1 verses 6 through 11 this morning let's open in prayer father thank you again for your word God guide us open our hearts and minds to you bless these men bless them in the efforts that they have on this cold morning and uh, I pray that they would uh, they would enjoy this day uh, and uh, Lord that you would uh, work in their hearts and minds Walk with each of us and uh, draw us closer to you through this time. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So how cold is it this morning? Is it 70 degrees? It is cold. I I say shivering and shaking. (laughs) Uh, uh, I love it. I come down here in my shorts and my T-shirt. It's like so relaxing, nice and warm. (laughs) Ah, oh, you guys, well, uh, let's, let's get on to Acts uh, chapter 1, verse 6 through 11. I'll read through that, um, and we'll just touch base on that. So, when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority, but you This Jesus, who is taken up from you into heaven, will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. There's uh, always a lot of things that we can find in, in his word. So I will just try and focus on one of the aspects of this, and that's the power of the spirit. It's an interesting concept. But let's go through spiritual power. You see, we're talking about the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit power. So spirit's in the term, right? It's spiritual power. It is not temporal power. It's not worldly power. I say temporal. I mean the things of this world, the things that we can see, taste, touch, feel, hear, smell. You know, our senses don't sense spiritual things. And so we have to learn to discern them. And this is what what Paul talks about when he talks about renewing your mind. You have to renew your mind to speak and feel and think and sense spiritual things. In the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve sensed spiritual things, and then God withdrew his spirit, and they didn't sense things. And now they had to rely on their five senses. And so he's calling us to renew our mind, and he gives us his spirit specifically to do that. And so when we're talking about the power of the Holy Spirit. We're talking about power in a different sense than what we're used to looking at. So what is real power? One of our world leaders spoke of having, and this is a historical, back in World War II times, having an iron fist inside of a velvet glove. And in that picture is somewhat what we have in the spirit. The iron fist is, is not something that gives, right? it's solid steel. It's like concrete covered with something soft. You touch it and it feels okay, but you're not going to push it, right? And that's the way God's spirit is. His spirit will come in with gentleness and respect, but not giving way on the truth. And so he presses through. True power, as we look at it, I just came up with this kind of Thinking about it, true power is the ability to remain steadfast in purpose, but not crushing or overwhelming those around you or those that stand in your way. We aren't just here to roll over people and smash them, but we are to remain steadfast in the purpose that God calls us to. And that is the power that the spirit gives us because he is a spirit of truth and grace. Right, We speak the truth. We don't back down from the truth, but we do it with grace. And we allow other people to have their perspective, but we still stand firm for the truth. (laughs) Let's go back to our passage. Acts chapter 1. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And we, we are continually reminded that these guys did not get it. They did not understand that we were talking about spiritual things. They're still trying to set up a kingdom in Israel. Good grief. Israel is smaller than Liberia. And that's all that they're seeing. We want to have a kingdom. We want to have a throne in Jerusalem. We want to have this, you know, 50 square miles of earth be our kingdom. And God is talking about eternity, all of eternity. And they're still focused on a little kingdom in Jerusalem. The disciples had a vision of worldly power and worldly kingdoms. And this is not at all where God is going with this. He is looking at the bigger picture of eternity. Acts chapter one, verse seven, he said to them, it is not for you to know times or seasons that the father has fixed by his own authority. It's interesting that Jesus did not correct their perspective, but he points forward to, What's going to happen? In the next verse, he talks about the spirit. And he, he says, remember, uh, well, the spirit is the answer, right? And he had told them back in, in John chapter 14, what the Holy Spirit would do. John fourteen twenty six. but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the father will send in my name, he will teach you all things. So Jesus doesn't try and teach them at that point. They're asking something that is showing that they don't really get it, but Jesus doesn't waste time correcting them at that point. He just says, no, uh, it's not for you to know the times and seasons, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And what he's he's leaning forward to, the Spirit will lead you in, in the time when you need it. But right now, Let's just keep moving forward. Press on. You guys are not getting it, but that's okay. Press on. We're going to go towards that. The helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I've said to you. So Jesus is relying on his spirit to solve these questions, and he's not doing it right now. Acts chapter 1, verse 8, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea, Samaria, and to the end of the earth. Do you think it's an accident that Jesus said, you will receive power and you will be my witnesses? What is the purpose of the power? Is the power for them to establish a kingdom in Jerusalem? Is the power there for them to crush the Roman empire? No, the power is there so that they can stand up to the lies of the enemy, so that they can stand for the truth in this world. That's what the power is about. And we'll see a little bit. I want to get into that a little bit more. This power is something other than what they were thinking. None of this is where where they're going, but let's go through the rest of this passage and then we'll come back to that. Acts chapter one, verse nine. And when he had said these things, as they were looking on, he was lifted up and a cloud took him out of their sight. And we have, this is a, a worldly picture that God uses constantly to talk about him wrapping himself up in power, in spiritual power. He uses clouds all the time. In Mark chapter nine, uh, Jesus was being transfigured. After six days, Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John and led them up on a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them. Now transfigured means transformed, totally different, right? And his clothes became radiant, intensely white, as no one on earth could bleach them. And there appeared to them Elijah and Moses, and they were talking with Jesus. And Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, it is good that we are here. Let us make three tents, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. Peter's just completely dazzled by what's happening. He doesn't know what to say. But, of course, Peter has to say something because Peter is Peter. So he says something silly and Jesus doesn't answer him either, for he did not know what to say, for they were terrified. But then what happens? A cloud overshadows them. And that cloud represents the coming of God. He says, and a cloud overshadowed them and a voice came out of the cloud. So as Jesus is going up and he is wrapped in clouds, what is that picture? It's a picture of God embracing him and taking him in. Because remember, we have up as heaven is heaven really up heaven is just another space it's not necessarily up it is a different dimension and so God uses up as something because we look up as up as good and down as bad right and so we use that as a picture but heaven isn't really a direction it's a different space so he is taking him up and then he is wrapping him in clouds these are all Worldly pictures that we get so that we can get a better picture of eternal things that we can't really perceive. So God wraps in clouds. In Mark chapter 13, verse 26, Jesus is talking about his coming again. He says, and they then they will see the Son of Man coming in clouds with great power and glory. So again, the clouds represent like it's like eternal clothing. He's got the clouds that come with him. In Revelation, or well, Mark 14, 62, Jesus said, I am and you will see the Son of Man seated at the right hand of power coming with the clouds of heaven. So the clouds represent eternal power. Revelations 1:7, behold, he is coming with the clouds and every eye will see him. God uses that as a picture of who he is, but it, it's it's a it's a picture of a spiritual thing. Let's get back to Acts chapter 1 verse 10 and while they were gazing into heaven as he went up behold two men stood by them in white robes and said men of Galilee why do you stand looking into heaven this Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. And he is talking they are talking about something way forward but they don't they don't tell them a time frame because God is holding that time frame. We are still looking forward to that time. But meanwhile, God has brought his spirit to empower us and enable us to see things spiritually. I wanna go into that real quick and then we'll wrap up. Let's look at the spirit and the power that he is referring to, that Jesus is referring to. Second Timothy, Paul talks about the reason uh, that he he is... In charging Timothy, 2 Timothy 1, 6 and 7, for this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands, for God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. There's that power thing again with spirit, right? Paul spoke directly about the function of this power. This power is not for overcoming the Roman government. This power is not for accomplishing things that men would want to accomplish with power, it's what God wants to accomplish with power. And that's the transformation of hearts and turning people toward eternity. 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5, for though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but of the have divine power to destroy strongholds. These are not strongholds like this brick that we're putting up. These are strongholds in the spiritual realm. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. Do you think Adam could have used the power of the Spirit to fight Satan's lie to Eve when Eve was talking to Satan and Satan says it looks good? Do you think Adam could have used the power of the Spirit to transform that, but he didn't. This is what transformed all of humanity. Think of the power that he he missed out on by not countering that lie. This is the power that God is talking about. Let's look at how he, how he described it in Ephesians. Ephesians chapter six, verses 10 through 18. We're talking about the armor of God that allows us to fight and to win. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. You guys have spiritual battles going on around you. I hear about it, I have not seen it because I'm not maybe seeing things spiritually. You guys have spiritual battles going on around here. I understand that there's witch doctors out here that that claim powers and guess what? God has allowed Satan to have power in this world. So that is real, it's not imaginary, but we have a power that is far beyond that available to us through Christ and his spirit. I encourage you, embrace that. Let's listen to this. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. Stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth. Jesus wasn't coming with a a physical sword. He came with a sword of the truth. He came full of Grace and truth. Truth is a huge weapon in the spiritual battle. Stand therefore, fastened on, having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness. Do the right thing. Live according to God's character. And as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. Readiness to step forward. Shoes are what protect our feet as we move. We have the gospel the good news we should step forward boldly not worrying about what we're stepping on because we have the gospel the truth to carry with us in all circumstances take up the shield of faith faith is that which we depend on that we cannot see we depend on god to protect us i i depend on god to come over here to africa I don't know how long I'm gonna be here. I don't know how I'm gonna pay for the things that I'm doing over here. I trust that God called me here and therefore he's gonna provide what I need. Even this building, I don't know how we're getting all the money for this building. God does and he is providing as we move forward and the people that are are helping us are looking for that funding. They they are not walking in this world, they're walking by faith. That is what we're, we're called to do. In all circumstances, take it up the shield of faith which, with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one and take up the helmet of salvation, which protects your head. A helmet protects your head, right? Salvation protects your mind and your thinking. Don't allow the lies to get to you. You are saved through Christ alone. Get that in your head and use that to, to protect you. Take up the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Be in God's word. Every day, be in God's Word, because that's how you get eternal perspective. You will not get eternal perspective by walking down Main Street, by going through the market, and watching all the people that are doing what they're doing in this world. You're not going to get a world, an eternal perspective. You're going to get a worldly perspective. So you have to be in God's Word to get an eternal perspective. And finally, and this one is an interesting one because it's included in the, the armor of the Lord praying at all times. I find prayer is an interesting weapon. When I work in, uh, in the defense industry, I worked on missiles. And we, we would launch missiles out of submarines and we would launch missiles out of silos. And we would launch them in Montana and that missile could go literally anywhere in the world and hit something as small as this building directly. Very accurate. Anywhere in the world, I I could send that missile off and it could hit this building. That's the accuracy of prayer. So I call prayer the intercontinental ballistic missile of God. I can pray for my friends back in America. They can pray for you guys. I give them your names as I go through, and they are praying for you guys by name. So they will know, and their prayers will be impacting your life. Guys, you can pray. So we have spiritual power that is beyond our comprehension. I encourage you, we're going to be reading through Acts. It's going to show you how God uses that spiritual power. I'm looking forward to the journey. I'm also looking forward to working on this and seeing where we go. I've got a lot of work to do on my (laughs) design side so that you guys can be uh, productive in your work. Uh, I'm going to close in prayer and let you get on with that. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your spirit that empowers us to win spiritual battles spiritual things that we cannot see with our eyes. But Lord, you give us your spirit to help us discern and work in that realm. Just enable us to honor and glorify you through our work today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks, guys. Thank 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 you.